Howdy folks, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Larson. And I'm Kirsten Michael. Both Zach and I work for the Fremont County Museum System located in the heart of West Central Wyoming. Using artifacts from our three museums and interviews with experts, we're here to discover and in some cases rediscover the quirky, the heart-wrenching, the fascinating stories of Fremont County, Wyoming, and the American West. So on our last episode, we visited with Brandon Lewis, who is who works with live raptors in the live raptor program at the Draper Natural History Museum, Buffalo Bill Center of the West. I know it's a mouthful. We, we commiserate. Um, and so we really hoped you enjoyed his interview and also his uh, activities with historical reenactment. It is quite something to see him all decked out in his, you know, 1870s cavalry uh, uniform and things like mm-hmm. that. So it's very impressive what he does, but it's just, it's one way out of many ways that we interpret our history, our surroundings, and make meaning for people to connect with. But so, and this episode, we are actually going to talk with another interpreter who has a really interesting job. And so this is Bonnie Lawrence Smith, and she's going to talk about herself and what she does, but she focuses on stewardship for archaeology sites, archaeological sites, um, and educating people about these cultural history and these parts of our humanity's existence and things like that. So yeah, we've talked a lot about interpretation and being outside and what what she does is really interesting in that it helps her her mission and, and her organization's goal is to help preserve the historical artifacts that we find in the great outdoors and and keep them around so that people in future generations can enjoy them so so we're just actually going to jump into our guests yeah. yeah first guest would you like to introduce yourself sure uh my name is bonnie lawrence smith uh formerly of the buffalo bill center of the west and now I am the state coordinator for Project Archaeology. That is awesome. So yeah. what is Project Archaeology? Project Archaeology was a program that started um, close to 28 years ago now. It started in Utah as a response to looting that was going on at Native American sites down there. It had become a problem. It had become a culture where grandparents are going out with grandkids on the weekends and looting Native American sites because that's just what you do. Mm -hmm. So the BLM archaeologists felt that if they got more education in the classroom to the younger generation, that that would stop that culture of looting. And so it's archaeologists working with educators to create curriculum that go into classroom and teach kids stewardship. And it's like stewardship of natural resources as well as archaeological resources and respect for other people. Wow, that is that is awesome. I see I didn't know this type of um, position even existed until I met you. Well, and we're in 38 states. Dang. Okay, I need to do my research apparently. <laughs> need to get out of Wyoming a few times. Um, so that sounds awesome and that's definitely something that is is needed um, working in the museum field. We have a lot of people come in saying, "Hey, I found this so and so, can you can I give it to you? And I'm like, okay, we need more background. Uh, public land, private land, where yep. you? So yeah, that's definitely something that needs to um, happen is the education. Yeah, getting them while they're young, uh, so little Bobby can tell his grandpa, like mm, we should not go picking up all these arrowheads. Would probably exactly be. maybe don't. Sh- don't sight in your rifle on that rock art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually have worked with Tribal Historic Preservation Office uh, lo- in Fremont County about the rifle and gun damage to petroglyphs. So, yep. yeah, that's definitely something that is a, a problem. So, okay, so that's the organization you're with. So we are currently at the National Association for Interpretation 2019 conference. And so what brought you to NAI? 
Well, this is actually my second time coming to NAI. Uh, it's just a really great opportunity to get together with um, other people from across the country, not just locally, but to kind of share some of the challenges that we have when working in interpretation with the public. And um, and it's this just great brainstorming, networking. All, it's It's an amazing event. And what's really awesome is we're going to be holding the regional conference for our chapter, the Heartland region. We will be holding that in Wyoming in 2022 up by Cody. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Talk about right outside our back door. So, and NAI last year was in New Orleans. Yes, it was. And how does that location compare to Denver? Well, um, we were. I was actually speaking to someone about this this morning that um, had gone to New Orleans um, mm-hmm. for the conference as well. New Orleans was a little more energized. Mm-hmm. There was a little more going on, you know, with the parades mm-hmm. and the bands and the music and the food. And it was very, um, it was, but I mean, you've got to think too. It's like New Orleans is so old. Mm-hmm. There is amazing history and culture and food. Oh, yes. Food. I would love to go sample some of that food. Denver's pretty good, too. And Denver has some really awesome history. Um, I am definitely not a city girl. Mm-hmm. I have definitely discovered walking up and down the sidewalks. But there was a really cool place that we visited last night was the Brown Palace. The Brown Palace, Molly Brown. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. And if you, if listeners, you don't know what the Brown Palace is in Denver, you should Google it right now because it is just, it is a gorgeous historic hotel. Um, that has the original elevators from 1937 still in it, which is slightly terrifying, but um, just an awesome little aspect of the history in Denver. So you mentioned challenges in this field. That is one question I wanted to ask is what's the main challenges that you face while working in the field of museums, interpretation, and education? Well, I mean, it's a changing culture, uh, whatever's in the news. For example, we have one of our five museums in Cody, recently opened uh, the Cody Firearms Museum. And so one of the challenges is in the political climate that we're in is balancing, you know, public perceptions with really good interpretation and education, you know? Yeah, and and that is something, yeah, the Cody Firearms Museum for sure has that, um, our Native American histories, our yes. interpretation of endangered animals, hunting, I have never experienced more um, conflicted and dynamic differences between people when the grizzly bear um, hunt came oh. up. So it's definitely, I can definitely understand why that yeah. is a main challenge. I mean, and so it is, it's challenging. Um, and so I worked in the Natural History Museum uh, in Cody for a while, and a while, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of our biggest challenges was public perceptions. And especially with the reintroduction of the gray wolf, you know, uh, you have so many people that are very polarized mm-hmm. when it comes to their beliefs regarding this carnivore, this large carnivore. And you would have people that just thought that it would come in your house in the middle of the night and steal your children and eat them. Mm-hmm. But And then you'd have people on the other hand that would want to go cuddle with a gray wolf, which... I would not want to do that because, yeah, they'll rip your face off. Um, But it was like it's basically trying to balance, you know, present a very balanced view Mm -hmm. of some very controversial issues. And that's the other thing that's great about this conference is that maybe someone is dealing with something not exactly what you're dealing with, 
but something similar, you know, a different sort of challenge, a different sort of um, dogma. See what I did there? Mm -hmm. Dogma with the wolf. Okay. She does bad puns too. So, So, but it's like you, you, you get to meet people that are kind of going through the same thing, share ideas and come out with some really kind of creative solutions. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I love conferences like this is just because you do get to share face to face. So challenges. And that actually goes into the next question I had for you, um, which was what was your favorite part about this field? So about the museum field, about the interpretation. Oh, my God. My favorite part about working in the museum and with Project Archaeology is getting to work with the public and getting to work with little kids and getting them excited about stewardship. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's like my favorite thing. Yes, there is. Very few things that are quite as rewarding as seeing the light bulb go on in somebody's head and that little smile that's like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. The answer to why, why, what's, why does it matter kind of thing. And they finally, it clicks. And they get ownership and Mm -hmm. buy-in. For sure. Yeah. And this field is really rewarding. It is a hard field to get into, a hard field to stay into sometimes, but it's that passion. It's that reward that we definitely enjoy at our museums. Um, so thank you very much for... We don't do it for the money. We don't. <laughs> we don't. But if you want to give us more, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> more funding, please. I was uh, curious about just, do you do with, when you're engaging with, with students, do you do any field work or is it mostly classroom work? Do you ever take them out oh, to visit? Oh, no. Sites? I actually did a, I did a summer camp last year with students that were um, uh, 11 to 13 And so it was a rock art uh, summer camp through Science Kids Cody. And um, we had to balance it. So it's like, I don't want just to inundate kids with science or just art, but it's like you have to, once again, find that balance between the two. So we would um, go to an archeological site and in the morning we would talk about the science and the culture and things like that. In the afternoon, we would have an art project that we would do. The first day, um, we talked about vandalism at the site we were at, and they got to see vandalism up close and personal to just see how ugly it really is. And then in the afternoon, we went and collected natural pigments from the environment with Forest Service permission um, to kind of you know illustrate that there were no sources to go buy pigment you had to look at the world around you the second day we went to medicine lodge archaeological site and looked at petroglyphs and pictographs and in the afternoon we did a watercolor uh, techniques class and then the final day we went to legend rock archaeological site and once again looked at the the petroglyphs there because they're carved similar to the ones over by dubois and um, we went and looked at those, and we were given the opportunity to talk about geology because it's like the desert varnish is a result of percolation of water and rain through the porous sandstone, and it deposits all those iron minerals on the surface over time. And then you carve through it, and it makes these really like very stunning images and they're supernatural creatures and it's very fantastic. And it's like the kids even say, they're like, this is like uh, North America's first art museum. <laughs> oh, right. So, which is really cool. And then in the afternoon we uh, created these, um, these 
pads of, uh, it was like plaster of Paris that we had tinted so that the kids could actually create their own petroglyph in a safe environment, but always with that underlying um, theme of stewardship, that it's like you're the steward of these natural lands, these natural resources on this landscape. But, you know, it's like you've got to get them out of mm-hmm. the classroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to get them outside. Get outside. Hashtag. Hashtag get outside. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So thank you very much, Bonnie, for joining us. This is awesome. So this was Bonnie Lawrence Smith. She's with Project Archaeology. Um, Where can people find out more about your mm-hmm. your work? Um, Got a website or something off the top of your head? I don't have a website yet. Uh, you can actually go to Project Archaeology. Project Archaeology. We do have a website. And it's like you get a really good... Um, idea of the work we do like i said we're in 38 states and it's awesome because we're always looking for new master teachers to go out in the community and teach people good archaeological stewardship and keep an eye out because we're going to be releasing a new curriculum called investigating yellowstone which is also our backyard so stewardship is so important and not mm-hmm. just for archaeology but also just stewardship of our environment stewardship of you know our museums our communities so i really enjoyed listening to bonnie um and her projects that's, that she's working on uh, obviously i've enjoyed talking to everybody uh, we have interviewed thus far but it's always really interesting just because archaeology is a really key part of the dubois museum's interpretation so that was just it really rang true with us yeah that was a great interview. So we, we really are, are grateful to Bonnie who spent time with on, us on this podcast. And uh, we also would like to thank our listeners who listened to this episode of Rediscover the Winds of Wyoming History podcast. We have several more podcast episodes planned for you. And we have but just one more in this mini series that we recorded here at the National Association for Interpretation Conference. Two guests, though. Yes, one episode, two guests, Mm -hmm. and they are a hoot. So you better click the next button to go listen to them soon. But if you liked what you heard today, like us on Facebook at Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. You can also catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and the podcasting app of your choice. And plus, we are now fully part of the 10Cast network here in Lander and Riverton and really just County 10. Um, So check out 10cast.county10.com. So if you've already followed us on our various platforms, thank you. Your support means the world to us. And we would, we'd love it if you guys came and saw our museums and attended our upcoming events. And uh, December 7th and December 14th are the dates to remember. And check out our, our Facebook pages for more information on those events. Yeah, so thanks again to all our wonderful guests for sharing their knowledge and experiences with us. And thanks for listening to this Wyoming History Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kirsten, from the Dubois Museum and Wind River Historical Center. And I'm Zach from the Riverton Museum, and we look forward to continuing this adventure to rediscover the winds with you next time.